The legal views and content expressed on the following program are provided solely for informational and entertainment purposes. They do not constitute or contain legal advice. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the show. You are listening to the Break the Business Podcast. I'm Ryan Carella, and it is a pleasure to have you here this week. I am not in Miami. I am actually in New York City. This week, I'm away from my studio. I am sitting in a hotel room in the meatpacking district of New York City. I'm here for some work for the weekend, but I did not want to let that work get in the way of doing this podcast. Uh, Those of you who listen, I imagine you expect the show to come every week, and so I didn't want the fact that I was traveling this weekend to get in the way of you guys getting some of this content, so I actually have a makeshift studio here in the hotel room. I don't have all my equipment with me. I don't have my sound effects board. I don't have my mixer. I don't have the Skype computer to do Skype calls. What I do have is just my recording computer, which is running GarageBand, which is what I use for all the podcasts, and I'm talking to you on my travel mic, which is a Blue Yeti podcasting microphone. This is my first time using it. I mean, I've used it to test it, but this is the first time we've actually uh, given it some live action out here uh, in the field, so to speak, and I got to tell you, I do miss all my equipment. And it's kind of weird just, you know, doing this kind of stripped down setup. But I got to tell you, it's a fair trade because what I'm losing in all that equipment, I am getting back in an amazing view of New York City that I'm looking at right now. I am currently, as I'm talking to you, staring at the Empire State Building. The Empire State Building is beautiful right now. It is a blue red and green spire they always change the lighting of uh, the empire state building for all kinds of different things i don't know why it's blue red and green right now i'm sure i could google it if i uh, was not so lazy but it looks great and uh the skies are beautiful new york just looks wonderful tonight and i read in the news that apparently miami's got all kinds of storms so miami's actually nasty right now and new york city's great so it's nice to be here and i love this city it's a great city Um, I love Miami, too, don't get me wrong. Miami is my home, but New York is not without its charm. I lived here for three years when I went to law school, so it's always nice to come back. I have lots of great friends here, and it's a delight. And I'm going to try something here. I want you to to feel what I'm feeling right now. I kind of want to give you, like, a New York vibe for those of you who don't live here. So, like, we need, like, music, all right? Let me... Let me go into like the public domain music catalog here on GarageBand, see if I can get some like good New York. It's the holiday season. Maybe get some of that kind of feel as well in the song. All right, let me see what I can pull up. Hang on just a sec. Oh, there you go. See now, do you feel like you're walking through Times Square right now or maybe uh, walking down Broadway or stopping by a nice jazz club? Well, probably not, but... I kind of like this, so I'm going to let this play out. It's only about a minute, 21 seconds, but I'm hoping it just kind of makes you feel good. So when I hear a song like this and when I look at the Empire State Building and I see this great view of New York City that I see, it just makes me think of possibilities. Um, You know, this is a city of possibilities. A whole lot of dreamers here in New York, a lot of independent artists, a lot of great independent artists live in this city. And... They're all very inspiring, and so all the dreams that are in this city makes me want to do the best I can with this podcast and make me want to do the best I can with the book that I got coming out in a few weeks, and I really look forward to sharing with all of you guys. Ooh, this is not a bad public domain Muzak song. I'm kind of digging this. All right. If you want to get in touch with the podcast more and keep this awesome show growing, And by the way, it's made awesome very much by the contributions you make. I'm not tooting my own horn here. Um, You can reach out to the podcast by reaching, by emailing. You can email breakthebusiness at gmail.com. I read every email. I respond to them. If you have a question that you want maybe 
uh, me or any of the co-hosts to answer on the show, um, that you can email that. If you just have an idea for a show topic, we can certainly accommodate that as well. Um, or if you just want to criticize the show. I mean, if it's mean criticism, you'll make me sad and you know, probably less of a chance that I'll read it on the air. And if it's a good criticism, you'll make me really happy. So um, that's one way to reach out to us. You can also find me on Twitter. I'm at Ryan, K-A-I-R. That's R-Y-A-N-K-A-I-R. Um, our guest coming up a little bit later uh, in the next segment is Mike Wojniak. Cool dude. He is a singer-songwriter. And aside from just being any singer-songwriter, he is the president of the San Diego Songwriters Guild. So how about this? A Miami podcaster is in New York and is going to be talking to a San Diego songwriter. Well, I'm actually going to be doing the interview when I get back to Miami, so you'll so Dave will be in there too, so it'll be cool. Anyway, uh, Mike is a great dude. Uh, I've talked to him a few times, I, and he is going to come on and just give us some good tips on songwriting. And this is so important because ultimately what you're going to live and die by as an indie artist, it's not the promotion it's not social media. It's not marketing. It's not, you know, having the right distribution site, TuneCore versus CD Baby. All those things are important. But ultimately, what's king is your content. If you create content, you might have a shot at success. If you can't create content, if you can't churn out enough art for people to enjoy, you're going to fail. That's That's a guarantee. And so... I mean, your fans' appetite for content is insatiable. And when distribution is free and when marketing is free and when creating content, recording uh, is almost costless in the 21st century, you no longer are restrained in your ability to get content out there and promote it and distribute it. And so that means you got to create. you got to create lots of content. And in in the name of songs, in that respect... You have to write a lot of songs. You have to, you can't write too many songs. I know some artists who write a new song every week and create it and show it to their fans. Then, then you got somebody like Jonathan Mann who writes a new song and puts it out on YouTube every day because he can do that. And that's what his fans want. Like, you're never going to get a complaint from your fans that you're giving them too much content. So, the tips that Mike Wojnack's going to give you on how to write songs, take them to heart because the more effective you can get at writing at songs and the more songs you can write, the more career success you're going to have. But before we bring Mike on, uh, I want to talk about another kind of content. That's video content. Hugh McIntyre, great music journalist from the Sonic Bids blog, had an awesome article that I wanted to talk about before we bring Mike on, or, uh, Mike Wojniak on in the next segment. His article, which was in Sonic Bids blog and was also in Hypebot, is called Five Types of Music Videos That Will Make Your YouTube Channel Way Better Besides music videos, in the name of you not being able to create too much content, in other words, you you know, there's no such thing as your fans ever wanting, ever ever going to say to you, oh, that's too much content. Stop making so much content. That'll never happen. And so the more content you have, the better. And one form of content that you can make is songs. Another one is videos. Um, you got to have videos. Videos are not an option anymore. You have to have videos, and you have to have lots of videos because you have YouTube. YouTube, a free platform that gives you a, you know, a worldwide access to an audience of 1 billion people to watch your videos. If you're not using this free platform, it's, I, don't know what, I don't know what to tell you. Um, and not only do you have to use YouTube, you have to use as many different types of video forms on this site as possible. What you don't want to do is look at YouTube as just a box to check off. Where you say to yourself, okay, they say I need to have a video presence, fine. I have two music videos. I'm going to put my two music videos on YouTube, done. Mission accomplished. I have a video presence. Now Ryan can't tell me I'm not doing my career well anymore. No, 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 no. There are so many other more types of music videos that you can make in just like a traditional music video that you see on MTV. Traditional music videos are great. And if you have the means to create them, that's awesome. Here's the problem with these videos. They only spread to whatever song that you make it for. So you might have 100 songs and only one music video. And and so you're not really getting as much depth or a breadth, I should say, with music videos. The second problem with music videos is they're expensive. I mean, not all music videos are expensive, but generally they tend to be pricey. They tend to take a long time to put together. And remember, the name of the game is 
quantity. You got to create lots of content. And so traditional music videos can't be the only thing that you're doing because you're not going to be creating enough content that way. So what Hugh McIntyre tells us in this blog article are some other types of videos that you could make. And these are all great music videos idea and music video ideas and you can or video ideas and you can incorporate all of these into uh, what could be a kick-ass YouTube channel for you. So the first one Hugh brings up is acoustic versions of your songs. This is a no-brainer, gang. Um, you get yourself in your bedroom, in your kitchen. I've even seen some people do these in their bathrooms because the acoustics are so good. And you just play songs on your guitar or on your piano. And you record it. And you send it out to your fans. It's nice. It's easy. It's quick and dirty. It's intimate. You know, It's not overproduced. So it's almost like your fan feels like they're in the room with you. And that's awesome. And it's inexpensive. And many very, very, very famous artists got their start just by doing acoustic video, YouTube videos in their rooms. I mean, Justin Bieber comes to mind as one of these folks, but a lot of people do. And the only caution I would make with acoustic versions of these songs is a lot of artists like to do covers, where they'll just cover an artist's song on, and make it a YouTube video, cover another artist's song, I should say. And you got to watch out for the legal implications here. Um, unless you have the permission of the songwriter, whoever wrote this song, um, or unless you know that this songwriter or this publisher has given clearance for you to perform this song on YouTube, you're going to run afoul of copyright law. You know, making a another artist's song into a music video is a derivative work, and only the copyright holder has that right. Does that mean you're going to get sued? Eh, I mean, I don't want to say you won't get absolutely, but... Um, it's always a possibility, probably not, but you could get your videos deleted from YouTube. You could get your videos muted. Um, you could, you know, if you do it multiple times, they could delete your account and you lose your whole channel and that's no good. So when you do these acoustic songs, try to stick more to your own creations and, you know, maybe adhere to some of the advice that Mike Wojnack's going to give us in the next segment on how to write more songs so that these YouTube acoustic covers can be your originals and not just the works of other artists that you don't have uh, their permission to make. The next type of video that Hugh brings up are live recordings. This is a great kind of video to make. If you have a great live show, if if you are really good at performing on stage, if your stuff sounds really good when you're performing it out in a venue, get a recording of it and make that one of the videos on your YouTube channel. A uh, couple words of caution with these kinds of videos. The vast majority of the live performance music videos that we've all seen on YouTube are horrible. And that's because it can be very hard to record good quality in an environment like that. If you try to just like take out your smartphone and record a live performance of a band playing, it's almost always going to sound awful in terms of the audio. You know, the drums are going to be way too loud. You're not going to be able to hear what the vocalist is singing. And what you're really going to hear more than anything else is just crowd noise. And you're not actually going to get the real song. And so, um, maybe if you have a setup where you can record the audio straight from the audio feed and the soundboard, your live performance music video might be good, but you got to watch out for that. And then the other aspect is the visual aspect. If you're just recording with your smartphone, maybe eight to 10 rows back, you got somebody in the audience recording your live performance video for you. You end up with a situation where really all you're recording is the bald spot of the guy in the seventh row and you're not really getting a good shot of the stage. And so what I would say with regard to live recordings is if you can't, if you don't have the means to record it effectively, you know, you can't get good audio, you can't, you don't have the kind of equipment to get a good video, you can't get the lighting right because it's too dark of a venue. If there's just too many variables and you don't have the means to make a good live performance video yet, that's okay. It's, you don't need those videos right away if you can't do it. You know, work more on your acoustic videos in your home, the pre, the kind we talked about before, because that's a more controlled environment. It's easier for you to make better content there. But if you have the means and you're ready for it, a great live recording video is a great addition to any YouTube channel. The third one that Hugh brings up, remixes of your songs by other artists. Now, you might be able to get other artists to remix your songs and you make YouTube videos out of that. That might cost you a little bit of money, you know, the artists, most of these artists who remix songs, they're not going to do it for free. But if you have the means, that can be a cool video and a great way to reimagine your old content. The fourth, and I especially love this medium of YouTube videos by artists, and I wish more artists did this, lyric videos. 
these are great. I said before, traditional music videos can be super expensive. You know, if you're if you're if you have a bunch of different shots, if you're hiring a director or videographer, music videos can get really expensive. But a nice, cheap, interesting version of a music video is just a lyric video, where all the video has is just the lyrics of the songs. It looks kind of like the karaoke track when you go to a karaoke bar. Uh, your fans like it because they get to learn the lyrics to your songs. You like it because it's a cheaper kind of music video. Um, so it's a win-win. Now, a lot of artists run away from lyric videos because they think, oh, it's so boring. And, you know, it just it looks like a PowerPoint presentation. I want to do more with my music videos. And for those artists, and I don't blame you, I think lyric videos can get dull if you do it too much, but... Don't be afraid to get creative with your lyric videos, would be my suggestion. I've seen some artists do some really cool stuff with lyric videos, where it doesn't just look like uh, what, you're, what it would look like if you were play, singing the song at a karaoke bar, where you do interesting creative stuff with it. And a lot of top, uh, top established artists do these kind of things. So, I mean, if you know Katy Perry, you should check out Katy Perry's lyric video for the song Birthday. Uh, this is the first one that comes to mind in terms of cool lyric videos. But you should see what she does there, where it's the lyrics to the song, but she has it all printed on various forms of birthday cakes and other pastries. And it looks really cool. And you know, you don't have to do a pastry lyric video, but what I'm saying is, you know, find some creative way to display the lyrics of your songs that aren't just words on a page looking like a PowerPoint. You can make these lyric videos creative. Um, another thing you can do with lyric videos. And I really like this. And if you have a lot of fans um, and they kind of dig your music, I would recommend this, is you crowdsource your lyric video. Christina Perry did something like this with her song, I Believe. You can go ahead and Google that, just I Believe lyric video. And what she did is she asked all of her fans to send her photographs with where they pick various lyrics of her song and put them into just photographs that they send that are inspiring. And she took all those fan photos and she cobbled, together, cobbled them together and created this beautiful, powerful, meaningful lyric video that her fans could take ownership of because they helped make it. And it was a, you know, a real fan-supported experience and it came out beautifully. And it was creative. And so that's a, another kind of cool lyric video idea you can come up with. And that's a great addition to any YouTube channel. The fifth kind of video that Hugh McIntyre brings up in his article, Five Types of Music Videos That'll Make Your YouTube Channel Way Better, behind-the-scenes videos. Absolutely. Artists don't do this nearly enough, and it, it's a bummer because your fans, your fans want to see you. They want to, you know, one of the great things about the modern music industry and what, you know, and, and, and a more independent music industry where we don't have record labels that sort of present an intermediary between creators and consumers is now you can contact your fans directly and your fans can reach you directly. And part of that is your fans want to see how your art is made. And so maybe you record a video where you're in the studio warming up before your, your performance, or you show people how you made a music video, or you show your fans in a video, how you set up for your live show. People love seeing that stuff. And it's a great way to kind of let your fans peek behind the curtain and look into your process. I mean, that's always going to be interesting and a great thing to put in your YouTube channel. All of those are great kinds of music videos. Acoustic home videos, live recordings, remixes, lyric videos, behind-the-scenes videos. There are a couple other kinds of videos that Hugh didn't mention. And I don't blame him for not mentioning these because uh, they don't normally come to mind when you think of musicians. But these are awesome if you can put these in your YouTube channel and create a type of thing for this. The first are what I call random video uploads, where these are just little videos that you make that just let your fans get to know you better. So let's say you're like me and you're walking through New York City and you walk by the Empire State Building and it's looking beautiful because it's got the blue light, the green light, the red light. Sorry, I'm just I'm just encapsulated because I'm, I'm again, again I'm, as I'm speaking to you, I'm just staring at this beautiful Empire State Building out my window. Anyway, you know, if I'm walking through New York and I see a beautiful building, you know, maybe I record myself and I show my fans what I'm looking at. And maybe I talk to them and say hi. And there's not, you know, there's not a huge, this isn't like huge art here. You know, you're not creating any beautiful song. You're just letting a, your fans have a glimpse into your life. And I think that's beautiful and that's cool. And 
a web, you know, and you can make that as a YouTube video. You can also Periscope something like that. If you have a lot of fans and you have you and you can use the app Periscope, let them do a, sort of a live look in on something you're doing. You know, if you're hanging out in the hotel room um, and you just want to talk to them for a little bit, or you're walking down the street and you see something cool, or you know, maybe you and your bandmates are playing poker and you want them to uh, watch your poker game. Maybe you're really into video games and you want to stream yourself playing the latest video game and you want your fans to check that out. There's so many cool things that you can do where it's just random video uploads that your fans are going to eat up because they want to know more about your day-to-day life as an artist. Um, the other one, the other kind of uh, music video that was not mentioned, or, or just, I should say not music video, but the other kind of video that wasn't mentioned in uh, this Sonic Bids article, but I think is so important, so important, particularly in this day and age when content is so cheap and that there are fewer barriers between artists and consumers, are non-music videos. And what I mean by that is, if you have any other talent as an artist, let's say you can juggle, or you are, are good at magic tricks, or you're good at martial arts, or you're a good dancer, or you're good at cooking, take one of those talents and turn it into a regular YouTube show. If you have some other kind of ability and you're, and people would be interested in seeing it, make a YouTube show out of it. And if you want to, even put your music in that YouTube show as the music for that show, and it's an extra vehicle for promoting your music. Think of it as reconceptualizing the very idea of content. Not everything you do has to be musical. Uh, more than anything else, you're a brand as an artist. And so not everything just has to be you the musician, it's you the entertainer. And what you do in these, you know, in your cooking show or your martial arts show or your dancing show or your juggling show is you show how well-rounded you are and it's another vehicle to promote your music. And again, this is something your fans might really enjoy. So if you want to create that kind of non-music video show, again, the steps are you find a talent that you're good at other than making music. Or maybe it even is music related. Maybe you want to give people guitar lessons in a weekly YouTube segment. Um, but you find whatever that talent is, you make a YouTube series out of it where you maybe once a week or once every couple weeks or twice a week or whatever it is, uh, you make these YouTube videos and put it a part of your channel. So you, you incorporate all those different videos and you can really create something that's engaging for your fans that they're going to enjoy. And you take advantage of the fact that again, content, it's easier than ever to create, promote and distribute content. I mean, the idea that, you know, YouTube exists and it allows you to distribute content worldwide for free, like, you got to take advantage of that. It's not something that that artist had even 15 years ago, and now you do. And so when something like that is free, you got to put as much content in there as possible. You have to make the most of this opportunity. And so by making the kinds of videos that Mike, or sorry, Hugh McIntyre, Mike Wojnax, our guest next segment, Hugh McIntyre discussed in his article, you can really make the most of your career. All right. Thanks very much for listening. Um, thank you very much for spending some time with me here in the Big Apple. We got Mike Wojniak coming up in the next segment here on the Break the Business podcast. Are you an independent artist looking to promote a recent release or crowdfunding campaign? If so, the Break the Business podcast would love to help you out by giving you a shout out on the air. Email us at breakthebusiness at gmail.com and tell us about yourself and your project. It won't cost you anything. We're just looking for a way to give back to the artistic community that's given us so much. Again, that's breakthebusiness at gmail.com for a free shout-out. Thanks for listening. Welcome back to the Break the Business Podcast. We are back in the Miami studio with my co-host Dave. How's it going, Dave? Happy Hanukkah, everybody. First night of Hanukkah. Is that right? Yes. Very cool. And I feel like the Statue of Liberty right now. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> <laughs> Keeping our internet connection yeah. alive. Much appreciated. Um, we got a guest coming in. He's a critically acclaimed singer-songwriter who is also the president of the San Diego Songwriters Guild. You can find his latest release, Sail Away, on his website, MikeWanyak.com. Ladies and gentlemen, Mike Wanyak is on the Break the Business podcast. Hello, hey, Mike. Thanks for being on with us. Hey, thanks so much for having me. Uh, it's entirely our pleasure. Um, it is... You know, songwriting is always something we emphasize on this podcast, and it's often, you know, 
effective, prolific songwriting for any indie artist can make the difference between career success and career failure. And so we're happy to have somebody, you know, a a uh, elected official in the world of songwriting here with us, the uh, San Diego Songwriters Guild president, Mike Wanyak. But before we get into the role you do at the San Diego Songwriters Guild and and you know, before you can give us some tips on songwriting, we'd love to know a little bit about Mike Wanyak, the singer-songwriter, the performer, the musician. Can you tell people a little bit about your sound? Sure, yeah, I can, I can talk a little bit about my sound. Um, I guess I'm, I'm generally a sucker for any type of melodic music. Um, so I would like to think that that's reflected in my music, but, you know, it's also difficult to critique your own your own sound because you hear it one way and uh, it's often perceived differently. But my music, I like to call it just uh, melodic indie rock, generally speaking. I perform with the band here in San Diego, and then I also perform solo and do some looping and stuff like that uh, on guitar and keyboard. So it's some of my influences um, are, are some bands in that kind of folk uh, or indie rock genre, which would be stuff like, I really love Radiohead. I wouldn't really call them folk at all, but it's one of my main influences. Uh, Radiohead and bands like Coldplay and stuff like that. Oh, um, man, after my own heart, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah, you have a good taste in music. Oh, well. <laughs> I can say so. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I definitely get that vibe when I listen to your music. Obviously, your sound is all your own, but I can tell that you're, you get a lot of, uh, there's a lot of influences there from great indie style uh, rock and uh, you know pop folk acts. It's uh, great, great music. Well, that means we'll be able to expect uh, Mike to be a Super Bowl halftime performing uh, one day. Soon. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be okay with that, you know. Because yeah. <laughs> well, uh, Coldplay got, it was just announced. Right? That's right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that'll yeah. be great. It's uh, uh it's tremendous, and um, it, it, I certainly get that. You know, it's hard to be a judge of your own. Art and so I'll just tell you I I think your music's outstanding. We've been listening to it here in the studio and it's fantastic. And I can't wait to play some of your stuff a little later in this interview. But before we do that, let's talk a little bit about songwriting um, and your role with the San Diego Songwriters Guild. Um, in my book, Break the Business: Declaring Your Independence and Achieving True Success in the Music Industry, I write a lot about. Uh, the value of songwriters' guilds and songwriters' cooperatives as a way for artists to develop their craft as a songwriter and to network with other musicians. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, what the what the San Diego Songwriters Guild has done for you and what these kind of organizations can do for artists? Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree with you. It's it's a great way um, to not only um, learn more about songwriting, but also just to network with other songwriters and, and really just anyone else in the industry because they tend to kind of come together at events like this. But yeah, the, the main goal, I think, uh, is, is really just that, is just to um, help songwriters um, cultivate their songwriting craft and also to be able to um, get feedback from other people and um, work with other people too because collaborating with other songwriters is, is a really, really good way to um, to kind of enhance your own, own songwriting abilities, but also just to be able to get someone else's perspective on uh, maybe an idea that you had, and then it takes a different direction. So, um, but but we put together events that are um, you know specifically for songwriters and people that are um, looking to learn more about the industry. We'll have uh, guests come in from different parts of the industry, whether it's a publisher or someone who does um, some type of engineering to talk about it. But just anyone who can uh, offer some insight. And then, you know, other times we'll have pitch sessions where people can um, pitch their songs to, say, a publisher. And if they like the song, they might select it and use it for a TV or film or something like that. So there's a lot of good opportunities and a lot of, um, you know, chances to meet other other musicians. And I've been able to connect with some um, really cool recording studios in San Diego and also just meet studio owners and other songwriters. So it's it's really benefited me a lot just being a part of it because um, I was kind of new to San Diego. I've been here uh, close to three years, so that was a really great way for me to kind of get into the music community here. So I would recommend it, finding your local uh, guild and getting getting involved to help help yourself grow, you know. That's really cool. There's so many different dimensions to what these organizations can offer, it sounds like. You, you, you got networking, you got events, you have you know, genuine opportunities to move your career forward by, you know, pitching your music to uh, the, you know, tastemakers and other decision makers in the music industry. 
Um, there's, you know, it sounds like you said there's also like just learning opportunities to become a better songwriter, both with, you know, formal instructional events, but also just getting better by working with other songwriters. That's really, really cool. Um, so Mike, I want to ask you something that other artists have asked me in the past and I've never been able to give them a good answer, but I feel like you'll be in a position to do it. Let's say you're a songwriter and you live in a community that doesn't have one of these songwriters guilds or songwriters crop cooperatives is there any insight you can provide for those artists and how to start one of these organizations in their own community yeah i mean i i definitely think it's it's valuable so if if there isn't one there and there is a group of songwriters um it could definitely be something that that would help um with organizing the songwriters into something a little bit more uh, definitive, and um, you know, really, since the San Diego Songwriters Guild is a, is a nonprofit, um, you know, the first step would be to to get uh, approval for that, which is going to the government and filling out the five hundred one C form. Um, but yeah, before that, you know, you just want to make sure that you do have some songwriters uh, who want to be involved and who are. Um, actively looking to become better songwriters and network with with other people in the industry. And I, I think you could probably go about doing that. I know there's a lot of flakes on Craigslist, but uh, there is also some really good uses for Craigslist too. So I think that'd be a good spot <laughs> to check it out. But, you know, we also have a Facebook group and a page too. So even just starting a Facebook group and then getting people to join that is a good way to probably just start building the community, um, you know, from 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 uh, step one, I, I would think. I love it. Yeah. And so now that we have songwrite a songwriting guild president here with us, Dave, you know, I feel like we have the right person to ask this range of questions, which are, do you have any tips for indie artists out there to be better songwriters, to be more prolific songwriters? You know, we often talk so much about the business side of being an indie artist on this podcast, but ultimately whether you're going to succeed or fail as an artist comes down to whether or not you can give people content. Your content is king. And so, um, Mike, is there? Uh, do you have any uh, specific pieces of advice that you can give to artists to uh, be more prolific songwriters? Because neither D- Dave and I, we can't write songs to save our lives. Nope. So, <laughs> but that's why we got the president of the San Diego Songwriters Guild here. So, absolutely. <laughs> so, how about it, Mike? <laughs> sure. Yeah, I can definitely share some uh, just some tips that I've kind of learned along the way, and you know, I. I don't claim to to know everything by any means, and I'm um, one who's constantly trying to learn and read books on it because there's really just so much out there that you can learn um, through reading through books and, and stuff online. I mean, the, the access to information we have is awesome. That was um, a very diplomatic presidential answer right there. <laughs> well, that, <laughs> that being said, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, there's there's definitely some tips and some some ways that I think can improve your songwriting and just open up the doors to accessing the creativity that, that really we all have. It's just a matter of trying to, to allow uh, yourself to, to access it. And um, some things that I like to do, um, some, some ways to just kind of start uh, from a different perspective, which is um, coming, coming to uh, a songwriting session, whether I've scheduled on my own or with someone else, and then starting to experiment in really any way that I can think of. So a great one I like to do is start by writing a melody without an instrument. So if, you're, if your guitar is your main instrument, set that down. Uh, if your piano is, leave that aside and just try to hum a melody or think of something in your head that's catchy or um, anything without an instrument, even if it's uh, you know recorded into your iPhone, which I'm, I'm sure a lot of, most songwriters probably do. But that can really give you a great way. So if you're playing guitar, you might always gravitate to a G chord or a C chord. But if you're writing a melody in your head, you're not going to be constrained by what you're playing on the instrument. So that's a great way um, to get some new ideas out. I also think just messing around with uh, different tunings on your instrument, especially for any stringed instrument, um, trying to write on an instrument that you don't typically write on. So I know a guy who's wrote a, a whole album just starting with percussion on each song, and then he built the melodies around that. Wow. Uh, but also maybe reversing the chord progression or adjusting the tempo, trying it completely faster than you originally wrote it or completely slower and just see how it sounds. Um, so I think these are just some cool ways to just um, look at an idea and approach it from, from a different angle. Um, but also I think 
a great exercise that a lot of just writers do, whether they're book writers or um, playwrights, but just doing a free association or stream of consciousness exercise where you're just writing anywhere from one to three pages of whatever comes to mind. Um, and it's important to really not critique or even judge it. Um, just let it come out because it might be a bunch of gibberish, but um, very, very often and, and more often than not, you will find some cool ideas in there or just some stuff that you wouldn't have thought of if you were trying to think of it uh, per se. So that's a great, um, a great exercise too. And, and, you know, one of the main things I, I, I like to just emphasize is just continuing to write, write and write. And, and really that's kind of the way you can, you can hone any craft just by continuing to practice it. And, um, you have to be willing to write mediocre or even just horribly bad songs in order to even get to the, you know, quote unquote, great songs. Um, I think a good comparison is like a, you have a rusty faucet and the water's going to, when you turn it on, it's going to come out, you know, it's going to be dirty for a while and it's going to be filled with thrust and just have a lot of sediment. But, uh, once it, it runs through there, through there and keeps flowing, um, you're going to get clean water coming out and it's going to, it's going to get better and better and more pure and, you know, um, I think that's kind of like songwriting. You just have to keep doing it and keep practicing it. And um, that's how you get better and that's how you improve. And, um, you know, it's okay to write bad songs. And, and I, I don't want people to really ever critique themselves too harshly because that's that can uh, pull away from your creativity for sure. So those are, those are just some tips that I, I think are helpful when writing. Absolutely. And that last point is intriguing because it, it sort of informs something that we've brought up on previous shows where we talk about, you know, the best way to create good content is to create as much as you can. Uh, creativity is a muscle. It gets better the more you use it. And conversely, it atrophies uh, with, with disuse. Yeah. And remember, all, records have B-sides. <laughs> <You know? laughs> totally, yeah. <laughs> Something's got to go on the B-side. <laughs> yeah. Um. It's like uh, lifting creative weights kind of, you know, when you're, when you're writing or doing anything creative, you're just, you're exercising that muscle, like you said. That's right. And one of the things that you just, that you said, you sort of prefaced all your tips by saying that they, you can use these tips to access the creativity that we all have. Do you believe that, that it's within all of us to be good songwriters? I, I do. I think, you know, by our, our innate nature, we're, we're creative beings and I mean, um, you know, we were, you know, as a life form. So I think like our, our minds are naturally creative because the way that we think constantly, I mean, every thought is a creation in itself. So I think, I think it's part of who we are is just to be a creative person that really, um, and it doesn't have to be with songs and be about anything, just creating. I think that's kind of what we, what we thrive off of and what really drives humanity. You know, if I can go that far to say that. Right on. Um, and now I would love at this time to to show some of the fruits of your creative process. We're gonna we have one of your songs uh, queued up, ready to play on the show called "Sail Away." It's your latest release, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, we thank you very much for letting us play it here on the podcast. So this is uh, "Sail Away" by Mike Wanyak here on the Break the Business Podcast.
That was so great. Uh, thank you so much for letting us play that song, Mike. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you so much for playing it. You can find his music at his website, MikeWanyak.com. That's spelled M-I-K-E-W-O-J-N-I-A-K.com. Did I get that right? Fingers Absolutely. Spread. Nailed it. All right. All right. It. Uh, before we let you go, Mike, and again, thanks very much for being on the show. We've loved having you. Uh, can you give us one final tip? It doesn't even have to be songwriting related, but just one final tip for the uh, indie artists out there that you think is like your most important principle to help people move their uh, music careers forward. Yeah, I think uh, I think one tip I would definitely leave with is is just always continue to be learning and to be improving uh, as an artist and a creator and, and a business person. I mean, because you really have to be multifaceted uh, to be an independent musician. So keep learning, stay up to date on everything that's going on and, uh, just get out there and practice, 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 right, right, right. Play as many shows as you can. <laughs> that's, that's my advice for you. Fantastic. <laughs> All the best with your music, Mike. We would love to have you on again real soon. Great. Thanks so much for having me, Ryan and Dave. All, All right. right. Thank you. We'll be right back on the break. The business podcast. Ryan here from the podcast. If you like the show, be sure to rate and review us on iTunes. If you want to reach out to us, shoot us an email at breakthebusiness at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at Ryan K-A-I-R. Thanks for listening. Welcome back, everybody. Our thanks to Mike Wanyak for joining us in the previous segment. You can find his music at MikeWanyak.com. I'll give that spelling one more time because yep. the last name's a little tricky. M-I-K-E-W-O-J-N-I-A-K.com. You can check out more of his awesome music. It's good to have you back, Dave. Yeah, it's good to be back. Although, first, before you distract me, I have to bring something up that I've noticed that you do. Oh, and I'm, oh, not sure if, I'm not sure if the audience is noticing this. Why does every... Like I feel like just you just love starting these D block segments with just how can I get under Ryan's skin today? Well, you're the only one here. <laughs> All right. you, 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 what have I done that has displeased well, you now? Well, talking to Mike and I think even talking to every single guest we've had on, you always feel the need to go. You know, I have a section in my book, "Break the Business: How to Declare Your Independence from a British Monarch," um, about yada yada yada. Do you actually know the title of my book? We'll go with that. Um, <laughs> I don't think you do. Break the business, declaring your independence, and uh, succeeding as a true artist. Oh, like for that. God's sake, I, David! I, I knew it at one point, but stuff. I have new information has pushed it out. Sorry. Anyway, you know the book's coming out later this month, Dave. I kind of want, like, you know, I, I feel like like the podcast needs to be of one mind of like, you know, making this book do the something. The point is, before okay. you sidetrack, the point is why it's always about you, and and I'm frankly getting a little sick of it. 
and the studio audience can't see. You, you know, like in college game day or in college basketball games, there's those huge cardboard head cutouts. There's one of you smiling right behind me right now. All right. <laughs> audience, you can't think, think of those things you see in, in college game day and college basketball games. A 10 foot head of Ryan smiling down at me right now. This guy's so self-centered. And I'm sick of it. So, so you're saying I should not be allowed to reference my book in interviews with artists. I don't think people come to this podcast for anything about Break the Business. <laughs> I don't see where the tie-in is. I just don't. Maybe I'm missing something, and I doubt it. That's and this is the point where you cut like you cut the back of me, and there's like literally break the business stuff everywhere. Yeah, behind me. All the, and you're like talking to a break the business microphone, and, and I'm, then all of a sudden, like I'm partially have my my coffee, and it's a break the business mug. Dave is sitting in a chair made of break the business books, and I have a shirt that says break the business. If it if it makes you feel better, Dave, uh-huh. when it because I know the question you're talking about, where I specifically like preface the question by referencing my book. Does it make you feel better? Know that when I was asking the question. It felt awful coming out of me. Yeah, but you've done it for like what, fifteen weeks now? Well, I know, but I caught myself this time. Like I'm, I'm growing, Dave. I'm growing. I think because I was like laughing at you. I don't know, but uh, <laughs> I, I, I almost expect in the in the mail one day I'm going to get a book. There's going to be a signed uh, a page up front. Dave, it's been an honor for you to work with me. <laughs> Love Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I actually fear just the opposite, where somehow you're going to, like, get on the horn with the publisher and, you know, work some stuff out. And then I'm going to, like, get the, my first copies of the book in a box. Like, I'm going to open it with an X-Acto knife and, like, open it up. And, like, I'm just going to see your face on my book, like, doing thumbs up. Yeah. Like, buy, you know, break the business, buy David K uh, with sections provided by Ryan. No, no, no. It's going to be, like, buy David K, like, ellipses. And be like, yes, you read that right. David K. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what that's my true fear. What and that's going to be it's a, it's a joke no one else would get. It's like, wait, is he talking to one person in particular? Like, yes. <laughs> All right, so yes. we got some D block stuff here. We got some D block stuff. All right, so on um, this first night of Hanukkah, oh, Mazel Tov! It's a thank you. Yes, it's a, it's a Hanukkah miracle. <laughs> and a couple weeks ago, we did the Dave the Ultimate Arbiter segment. Yes, it's been universally praised people I, love for you to arbit things i was drunk with power and i'm not gonna lie to you i decided to arbit a few things in my personal life yeah you're just like going around just judging people everywhere they everywhere you go i even went to a courthouse and just did it <laughs> like you moved the judge aside oh what well, n- no there were well okay i tied him up in his chambers but that's neither here nor there <laughs> and um yeah i'm glad to say there's some you know some uh, some new uh some new uh, entrants into some facilities in the state of Florida. So, uh, yeah, I had some fun. <laughs> well, uh, we have a couple um, Arbiter questions. I haven't looked at them yet, but I'm going to open them up and we'll, oh, we'll do yes. that. But first, we need some imaging. So. Yes, we got to intro it the right way. There we go. Oh, you, you want me to do it? Okay. <laughs> yeah. In these difficult times, one man has the courage to fight for what's right. We are living in a society. Society has rules. He'll make the tough decisions so that we can live in a civilized world. And let Dave be the ultimate arbiter. If he finds out that you reserved a parking spot by standing in it, you'll suffer his wrath. That's against the rules of the parking lots. All rise for Dave, the ultimate arbiter. The best part about that imaging is watching you... Because you love this imaging so much. I saw you mouthing the words to it. Oh, yeah. Listen, this is, I think, this is what you're going to be known for. On your tombstone, I am going to have put, I don't care if you're going to have kids at that point or a wife or whatever, I am somehow going to get in there and put in your tombstone, Ryan Carella, creator of Dave the Ultimate Arbiter Imaging. And that, and I want to make sure it stays there. Like you're you're gonna like just chisel out the other things that are in there like loving yeah, husband, husband and father, father grandfather. <laughs> Who cares about that ultimate arbiter creator? All right, Your Honor. So let's uh, let's yes. get, let's get into it. I hereby open this court. All right. Uh, the first uh, one for you to arbit. Uh, this is an email from Michelle from Florida. Um, this is a quick case. Not a lot of backstory, so you can get dive right into it. It okay. says uh, she writes, "If you're a guest in a house." Is it proper to use their master bathroom? This is a good one. I actually don't 
really this have is, a thought on this. Well, this, this, wow, well, that's 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 a little worrying because you know we just had Thanksgiving uh, two weeks ago. Yeah. Right? Uh, you know, we got the Christmas holidays coming. It's the holiday season. This is when you have people in your home. Yeah, lots. Sometimes you have lots of people. Family, extended family. Yes, and maybe some friends, and maybe some plus ones that you don't know. Mm-hmm. And maybe you have one or two facilities. And uh, so I can see how this definitely comes up. You know, because and, and all right. So I guess I'm very clear on this. This is not even something I have to think about. Oh, really? All right. Bright line rule coming. We have a bright line. We may, we can carve out some exceptions a little bit, but. You are not allowed to use the master bathroom facility if you're a guest at someone's house. At all. You can, if you ask. If you're a relative, you can ask. If only if you're a relative. I think only if you're a relative. Because let's say maybe you have you have to go and there's someone in the other one, in the other bathroom, in the in the designated guest bathroom. There's someone in there doing God knows what, and you got to do your stuff. Sure. See, this is also see. This is the tricky thing. This is actually now where the exception comes in because what do you have to do? One or two. So that that matters here. That's, it, a, that's well, an important definitely. Fact. If you're if you're if you're a relation and you you can ask permission of your host to use their master bathroom if the other one is occupied, and you have to do number one. Definitely, I think that's allowed to be asked. But also, you have to respect the fact they may say, eh, you know, maybe hold it in, or here's a Gatorade bottle. <laughs> go go to the Johnsons uh backyard over there and you know have at it. Um but look, folks, don't just walk in there uninvited and sit down on there and uh do a number 2. That is not cool. Never cool. That is not that will not fly in this courtroom or any other in this world or any other. <laughs> that is grounds for never being asked back, I think. If you just saunter in to someone's master bathroom mm-hmm. and just, you know, that's not cool, man. Well, now you, you bring, That's expulsion worthy. <laughs> but you bring up Thanksgiving, okay? And at our house, we have a big Thanksgiving I've affair. done it twice, actually. Sure. Yes. And, you know, we have like the one bathroom that's easily accessible to guests. But we have upwards of 100 people at our Thanksgiving party. That bathroom is always occupied. And so in a situation where you're having a big family gathering and, you know, you have maybe a 100 to 1 guest to, you know, guest bathroom ratio, like, doesn't that change the calculus a bit? Well, that is then up to the owner to decide. Okay. Ah. But you cannot on your own decide, I am going to go to the master bathroom. I'm going to go to the nice bathroom. I'm going to go to where the robes are. I'm going to go to where all the stuff is. I'm going to go... To the posh place. No, 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 no. You go to the guest bathroom, which more than likely is always ends up being the kids' bathroom. Oh, yeah. That when you're a kid, you're like, God damn it. These stupid adults are using my bathroom. <laughs> but now when you're older and you have your own home, you have the power to say, no. Well, you do damn. not use my bathroom anymore. I am getting revenge on you for what you did when I was 12 years old, Aunt. Aunt Samantha, whatever the hell your name is. <laughs> I don't know. You're just, no. I remember what you did back in 1994. You're not doing that again. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> uh, a solid ruling, Your Honor. Got a little weird there towards the end, but again, another fine uh, example yes, of your so, judgmentship. Yeah, yeah. So again, no, you can maybe ask. Otherwise, don't do it. Don't do it. All right. Uh, let me see the second one here. All right. Next one. Oh, oh for God's sake. What? Just I'm not going to... Uh, you want me to... I'm going to... like this. Read what the listener submitted to the show, Ryan. Oh. <sighs> God, this is... Okay, this is a listener-submitted question. I work with my buddy on a popular weekly show. Thanksgiving just happened, and I went out of town to be with family. It wasn't until I was out of town that my friend told me he was going forward with the show on the holiday weekend. (laughs) Should people... Assume for Thanksgiving, Christmas, Memorial Day, what have you, that people may be out of town and therefore new content should not be produced. That is a good question. It seems oddly specific. Sounds like from a reasonable, level-headed listener. Thank you, sir. Or madam, but sir. (laughs) I actually came, it's, it's so funny because I actually came across a similar situation recently in my life. Yeah. 
And uh, you have personal I, experience with this particular question. I can question? appreciate. I can appreciate what he's talking about. Um, when Thanksgiving comes, Christmas, all these things, it's sort of assumed that people take time off because people go away. Even if they're not away, there's time to spend time with family. So when all of a sudden on a Saturday, let's say, you're you're informed, oh, no, 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 uh, the project that we do together is happening anyway, even though you're out of town on Thanksgiving, yeah, that's not cool. Especially then when you learn about it and you hear that your buddy and his sister went ahead with the activity anyway. Thanks very much for uh, coming by the podcast, by the way, Lauren. That was great. Are you serious? It was cool to have her here. Not Not that, you know... I mean, you're the guy, but like you interrupt me in this segment (laughs) to thank your goddamn sister. Whoa, that's not cool, man. (laughs) And uh, that's that's strike one and two, compadre. Compadre. Yeah. Where was I? See, you screwed me up now. Sorry. This is this is a jailable offense. Bailiff, be at the ready. (laughs) Who's the bailiff? Yes, sir. Oh, that guy. Oh, got it. Where the hell was I? You, uh, oh, <laughs> you were admonishing me for wanting to make sure that we still had a podcast to schedule you. Look, I, look, I'm, look, I'm, look, I'm a not, question. I'm answering a question. I'm I don't not, know what you're talking about. I'm not blaming you for not being available on Thanksgiving. I totally understand. As I said last week, it a- absolutely be with your family. That's it makes perfect sense. But like, I wanted to still have a show. It's Thanksgiving. Sure. People don't. There's no new shows anywhere. No writers are writing. No one's producing anything. Yeah, but the show doesn't come out on Thanksgiving. It comes out, like, on the Monday after Thanksgiving. It doesn't matter. Saturday Night Live doesn't come out on Thursday, but yet there's no one. There's no new Saturday Night Live that Saturday. <laughs> Screw Saturday you. Saturday Night Live does, like, four episodes a year now, so it's all beside the point. No, anyway, you're interrupting me. Sorry. This is not Ryan the Ultimate Interrupter. That'd be a good segment. I'd hate that. <laughs> and funnily enough, I would interrupt you. Anyway. <laughs> so, s- listener who submitted your question... I rule in your favor. That was not cool. You do not do that in the holidays, all right? Memorial Day weekend, people go out of town. Fourth of July weekend, people go out of town. Thanksgiving weekend, people go out of town. Christmas, people go out of town. New Year's, people go out of town. I don't. I have no life. Well, you and this guy both, apparently. (laughs) So, now, punishment. Punishment. I think I have the perfect punishment for this guy. I know how I'm going to get him. Really, really good. Oh, boy. Here we go. Now it's time for Dave's As Yet Untitled Game Show here on the Break the Business Podcast. Here's Dave. Anything but this. This is cruel and unusual punishment. It has been decided. I I thought we were past this game. Anyway, folks, it's great to have you on uh, Dave's As Yet Untitled Game Show. Uh, We'd like to thank uh, Dave, the ultimate arbiter, for throwing us over here. Dave, appreciate it. Oh, Dave, we love what you do, Dave. I love you too, Dave. All right. Oh, God. Well, so we're doing the Untitled Game Show again, the before and after style game that that, uh, we've done in previous weeks that I always lose at. Actually, we've been like, how long has it been since we've done this? It's been too long. Too long since uh, you've had to uh, be wrong. Because this is supposed to be a game where it's supposed to, you know, give me like a, maybe I have a sporting chance at winning or losing. But no, you've just turned this game into a mechanism for punishment. And making you wrong. Exactly. Yes. Um, all right. Well, <sighs> but hey, this this teaches you a lesson on what to do during holidays and break time. All right. It's good to have this segment back. Oh, all right. Love this segment. Here we go. Okay. And remember, this is a punishment now, so uh, we can expect some difficulty here. <laughs> oh, I a don't rare know. departure from the otherwise... Easy nature See, of this D- game. Dave the Arbiter is gone. Now this is Dave the Executioner. <laughs> and he's come here with some questions for you. All right, let's do this. Maybe, maybe, maybe I'll get one of these right. <laughs> maybe you won't. <laughs> All right, question one. Phil Silvers ends up driving into a river while looking for treasure while a doctor who is Scottish tries to find a cure. <laughs> what? Let me hear it again. This is all your fault, Lauren. <laughs> Phil Silvers ends up driving into a river while looking for treasure while a doctor who is Scottish tries to find a cure. How many are there here? Two. There's two in there? I, I, oh, my God. A doctor who is Scottish, like, find a cure? 
and then like guy drives is this an old movie guy driving peter it has to be peter silvers or slivers whatever his name is uh phil silvers phil silvers show some respect (laughs) has he ever been in a movie that was in color yes yes um so like uh, i mean a movie about somebody finding a cure for something like Lorenzo's oil. I don't know. Um, well, no, Doctor Who is Scottish. Um, it's like Doctor Who um, was like Peter Capaldi. And, uh, I'm sorry, I don't know this excruciatingly hard. Well, one. this is this is funny. This is so clever, and I, I I give myself props. And I mean, really, this to talk about an execution here. I, I wish I had a guillotine sound. Actually. This would be more appropriate. Phil Silvers ends up driving into a river while looking for a treasure while a doctor who is Scottish tries to find a cure. I, I'm really proud of that sentence. It's a mad, 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 mad World War Z. <laughs> so you are wrong. Yeah, story of my life. <laughs> By the way, does that ring any bells? What? It's a mad, 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 mad world? World Z? Zombie we, movie, doctor. I knew it. I gave you this exact answer last time we did this, I think. The whole thing? I gave you a different question about uh, Ethel Merman, remember? <laughs> yes, you've, I made, made you've Ryan, done It's a Mad, 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 Mad World before. Yes, but now I, I changed up the clue. So technically, if you pay attention, you would get the answer. I rarely do. And I do love the fact that because Peter Capaldi in World War Z plays a doctor for the World Health Organization trying to find a cure, he is a doctor who is Scottish. That's delightful. I never saw World War Z, so. Well, and I know Peter Capaldi from nothing other than Doctor Who, but well, yeah, I just had no chance at that one. Did that make you feel good? Well, hold Did on that a make second. you happy, hold on Dave? A second. Dave, the Arbiter, do we think that's punishment enough? Executioner, keep going. Oh, come on! <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh-huh. Number two. Enjoy the very first zombie movie ever made while trying to get to a Pacific Coast amusement park and accidentally killing Bill Murray along the way. Okay. I mean. I got the back end of this because that's Zombieland, uh, the you know zombie theme park, killing Bill Murray. That's Zombieland. Um, good movie, A very underrated movie. Oh, but Phil Silvers, you don't know, douche. Yeah, because like Zombieland's a good movie, and it was actually came out in the last few years. So actually, that's a, seriously. If you haven't seen Zombieland, go see it. Um, above average, definitely. Um, see, this is me stalling for time to try to figure out the other half of this. Very first zombie zombie movie. Very first, and it's and it starts with zombie. Um, very first zombie movie. Oh, God. I'm sorry, I don't know the first half of it. Okay, so you are wrong. Yep, wrong, wrong, wrong. Not f- that much wrong. I was wondering, by the way, when how many times it was going to take for me to press before you say something and jump in. I mean, I got half of it right. You better not edit out one of those, by the way. I'm going to listen and I'm going to know. No, they're all staying in. What's the answer? White Zombie Land. Oh. That's the first zombie movie ever made? Pretty much White Zombie from 1932 with Bela Lugosi. <laughs> Why do you do this? Why? Why do you have all these old movies in your game show? There's no way the people listening are caring about it. You know what? I don't know why. I don't know why I'm even like arguing this with you because like you're just setting your ways. Well, and you I, you don't want to make this a game. You just want to hurt me. Well, no. Well, yeah. Yes, that was punishment <laughs> from the arbitration. <laughs> this, that's why it was connected. Got it. That's the, the executioner was here for that. And again, Lauren, do you see what you've done? Do you see what you've done to your brother? God, Lauren was on last week. She gave me nice, easy questions. I got almost all of them right. It was fun. Oh, Twitter followers. Yeah, it was a good game. This is that's a game for little boys, Ryan. I know, and this I is did really well at the little men. boy game. This is a man's game, Ryan. If you don't like it, you can get out. <laughs> I would like very much to get out of and this once game, again, but break I don't the think business, I have that option. Break the business, declaring your independence from some such nonsense will be mine. <laughs> and the royalties and merchandising. Oh, the lunchbox merchandising, Ryan. I can see it now. <laughs> is that the last one of you? Oh, yeah, that's it. I'm done. Oh, <laughs> tremendous. Here, play the <laughs> outro music. <laughs> God, that hurt. Oh, everything hurts. That was rough. Good. Rough. That's now, Did that make you happy? Yes, and now you know. Now <laughs> you know on a holiday, like maybe when Christmas comes up, maybe give me a call first. To let you know ahead of time what's yeah. going on. And by the way, you get to go to New York and tape a segment? Yeah. 
that's BS. What's wrong? I got to travel, man. Stuff happens. Hey, I travel. You don't see in you, you. You go on without me. But you travel. You just go on without me again. Well, I have to be in the show. Do you? Yeah, I'm not. Really Do that. you? I'm not really that important to the show. You're right. No, you're 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 not. <laughs> All right, I think we've gone on long enough. I think we should. I think we want to get the hell out of here. Sort of the listeners. True enough. It was a pleasure having you, Dave. Even for the last part where you just smacked me around a lot, but oh, it's my pleasure. Um, it was great having you, and it was great having Mike Wanyak on earlier. We will see you next week. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the Break the Business Podcast After Dark.